Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay? We're also streaming now with the online radio platforms, um, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music. There's a few others. If you want to see the full list of radio stations through whom we broadcast, you can go to our website, templeoftruth.us. And I thank you so much for those of you who've been communicating with us, sharing with us um, your thoughts about our message. We're very encouraged to hear from you. Uh, many of you are watching us through the um, platform, I mean, hundreds of, through the platform of Facebook and WhatsApp, etc. cetera. And um, that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect on our accounts here on YouTube, but it doesn't really matter. If we reach one person, and we're able to help transform the life of one person and develop that relationship you have with God, man, we've hit a home run, okay? So it's not all about the numbers for us. It's about it's about the fact that God is using us and we're grateful that you'll find us worthy, you know, to, you know, to be used at this time and this hour. All right. Um, everybody's been following this whole coronavirus thing, correct? Yes. All right. So I thought we might take a look at plagues as they affected the people of God in the scriptures and see if we can learn some things um, from it. It's, there's, there's nothing new in plagues, but I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, there's never been a world pandemic that had the effect that this is having. So beyond the sickness itself is the consequential fallout from it. Airlines going out of business, um, restriction of travel, quarantine of pe persons, um, people being so willing to give up their freedoms and liberties, and we know where that can lead to. Um, so for that reason, I thought, you know, maybe we should look into the word of God and see, you know, if things like this have happened before and what were some of the underlying causes, uh, because see the human life is a very, very special thing. It just doesn't go easily like that through natural causes. So there's got that there are things that are that are underlying things that are usually you know causing these things to happen, and we can go through scriptures and we can see um, some of them. Okay, so there's some scriptures that 
I, I um, put together for us. As Christians, we've heard of angels and we've heard of demons. They're not necessarily the same thing. The reason we know that is because we can find in Scripture a place where the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on the demons. Does anybody know, apart from Dr. K, does anybody know where that Scripture is in the Bible? Um, what, what context that was? The demoniac. When he was casting Sorry, out whoever is speaking, you're so faint, I can hardly hear you. The demoniac who was casting out the devil from the, the boy. That, that was Gwendolyn. Uh, okay. You're, you're, are you, is, her phone is kind of faint. Can you take, check the volume, please, and see if you can up it? Unless it's me, but I, 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 could, I couldn't hear anything. The demoniac, when Jesus was, um, he had gone to the, the shores and the demoniac rushed him and he had compassion over the boy and the devils that he had cast out. Exactly, exactly, exactly. They asked for mercy and he showed them mercy. Okay? So those are demons. And you notice they were literally uncountable. There were so many of them and they were in this person. Okay? Mm. Now, angels are different. One angel can possess a whole city or a whole country or a whole tribe. Okay? Have you noticed that in certain families, People have certain characteristics, certain family traits. Have you noticed that? Yes. Yeah. Even if they don't grow up in the same house, even if one was given out as, you know, as a baby in adoption or whatever, you will see, see certain traits in the way they walk, in the way they talk, in certain things that they do. Yeah. And what do we usually ascribe that to scientifically? We say it's because they have a shared what? Don't we always say that? It's genetic? Yeah. yeah. What does the word gene actually mean in its literal form? The beginning. What? The beginning. The Sorry. Beginning. Sorry, whoever is speaking is so faint again. The beginning. Oh, no, that's Genesis. It comes from the same root word genetic gene genetic okay good good okay the beginning the essence actually angel that's why we sometimes use the phrase you're better angels you've heard that term before yes good or in the islamic religion they use the word jinn to talk about remember Aladdin's lamp? Genie. Genius. Remember Aladdin's lamp? He would rub the lamp and a genie would come out of it? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's supposed to be an angel. So they, they can possess a whole nation. They can possess a family. They can possess a, 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 a city. Okay. They're different from demons. You can have 10 demons possess one person. But one person is not enough for an angel to use 
okay, to carry out whatever function it wants to carry out. Okay, so we just lay that as a foundation. We're not going to go too much into that today. We're going to try to narrow this down to the current situation we have with, you know, the virus that's taking the world. Okay, do you see this screen that says angels manifest the anger of God? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Can somebody read for us um, from the book of Second Samuel, chapter twenty-four, verses one and two? I can read that. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready for this time. <laughs> All right. Um, Second Samuel 24, verse 1 to 2. Yes. By the way, is everybody able to write these scriptures down or you're able to? I tell you what, I'll just share, I'll, I'll just share the PowerPoint at the end if, if, if need be. Okay? Let's go ahead. Okay. Again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army who was with him, Now go throughout all the tribes of Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, and count the people, that I may know the number of the people. Okay, let's stop there. I hope everybody got this because this is so, what you just read now is so, so, so important in our knowing and knowledge of God. Because you just read here where it said he moved David to do something, right? Who is the yeah. person he's talking about there? The king. Who's it, who's it talking? Who, who moved David? God. Okay. Okay. Very good. Uh, Dr. K, what do you say? I'd say it was an angel that moved him. Okay. An angel. Um, uh, uh, Gwendolyn, what do you say? I thought it was the angel that moved David to count the, the number of people in his tribe. Okay. Said an angel. So somebody said God, two people said angel. So let's see whether. Uh, Yolinda Sr., it will be able to break the tie or make it a tie. I don't even have the scripture. I know it's 2 Samuel, and that's all. Okay, 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. You want them to read it again, or you have, it in, or you have your Bible in front of you? Well, I've got my Bible in front of me. Okay, 2 Samuel 24, verse 1. I think verse 1 and 2, I'm sorry. Verse 1 and 2. Take your time. Anybody else not? Now take your time. We, we all have to flow together. 24, verse 1, right? 1 Second and 2. Samuel. Okay. It says, Again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go and take a census of Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab and the army commanders with him, go throughout the tribes of Israel from Dan to Bathsheba 
and enroll the fighting men so that I may know how many there are. Thank you. So here it says God said so, correct? Yes. But Dr. K and Sister Gwendolyn are telling us that it was an angel. So who's right? The Bible. Both could be right. <laughs> okay. So we, we have a tie here. All right. So Dr. K says, and, and Gwendolyn say angels, probably because they're here in um, the Silver Spring area. You and you and Abel, because you're further away, <laughs> both of you say it's, it's, it's God. Why don't we look at First Chronicles chapter 21? First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. Oh my God. That's plain. Did somebody just call God Satan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, why did God put this here for us? There is no contradiction, by the way. God is trying to show us that Satan cannot do anything without God's permission. Amen? Amen. Amen. He's well, trying to demonstrate to us that you might think there's anarchy, you know, oh my God, this virus thing, who knows where, you know, I better not touch this cart. I mean, everybody's like, you know, shaking hands or shaking feet now. But the reality is God is in total control. If you're a child of God, all things are working together for your good according to God's purpose, even with coronavirus. Do you believe that? Yes. Yeah. These two scriptures you and I just looked at, I mean, you could take them and write a book about faith and about security in God because it's huge. What we just looked at were not just little things. It's huge. Because both were the word of God. The first one told us that God moved David to do something. The next one told us Satan moved David to do something. Mm. And if you don't know God, you will say, ah, there's a contradiction in the Bible. Okay? So... What we have seen here is just uh, sorry, it's just a preamble. Let me pull this up again. Sorry, I made it, it got smaller. I wonder what I did. There you go. It's just a preamble to some of the things we're going to take a look at. Now, can somebody read for us Exodus chapter 4, verses 24 to 26? Amen. 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 And it came Say it again, Exodus 24? Yes, Exodus chapter 4. Exodus oh, chapter four. 4, verses 24 to 26. Almost there. Okay. Okay. I'm there. All right. 
Someone can read. And it came to pass by the way in the end that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband of art thou to me. So he let him go. Then she said, A bloody husband thou art because of the circumcision. Thank you. So in context, this is Moses who has just accepted the great commission from God to go preach his gospel to Pharaoh. And Moses is leaving and going to do what God said. And the Bible says along the way, God came and wanted to kill Moses' son because Moses' son was not circumcised. Okay? Mm. Now, remember, Moses just accepted a job. God could have told him, hey, you know, by covenant with you, you're supposed to be circumcised. That you haven't done that for your son. And you're a descendant of Abraham. Mm. But he didn't. Because one aspect of God is to give you a, a, a commission, to send you out on your ministry. Another aspect of God is to work with you on that mission. And what he requires of you in training is totally different from you, from what he requires from you in execution. Does that make sense? Yes. So yeah. the question is, what does this have to do with angels and demons? Very good. We're going to see now, if you have read Exodus, but we won't go there. I'm going to bring that up. You're going to find out that the person that was talking with Moses all this time in the book of Exodus was the angel of the Lord. And in the book of Hebrews, you see where it says that if the gospel that was given to them by angels had its own recompense of reward and punishment, how much more us who have received the word from the Son of God himself? Do you remember that? Yes. So based on the premise of what you and I looked at earlier in 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles, when we see here where it says, and God wanted to kill Moses' son. Who can we presume that would be? Would it be God the Father? No. It would be an angel. Mm -hmm. So the personality doing all this killing in the Old Testament that we ascribe to God was who? His angels. Okay. Do you remember the story in the book of Genesis where three men came in the afternoon to visit with Abraham? Yeah. Does everybody remember that? Yes. yes. And when Abraham saw them, okay, why don't we quickly turn there? Why don't we quickly turn there? Let's take a look at that. Okay. Genesis. Is that Genesis twelve? What does what does it say? The call the call of Abraham. It's Genesis gonna it, no. This is gonna be. This is gonna be afterwards. This is gonna be. Okay. 
like 15 or 16, where, where Abraham has to go, where God has to go, this, I think it's 18, where God has, to, has come down to see what's going on with the destruction of Solomon and Gomorrah. Very good. 18 and 19. Genesis 18 chapter 18. Eighteen says three visitors. Correct. So let's look at from let's take it from verse one. We might not read the whole thing, but we'll read chapter eighteen and read chapter nineteen. But we won't, we won't read the whole thing, okay? So we'll take from I'll verse read. one. We'll take from verse one. Okay, the Lord appears. Verse one to eight. Verse one to eight. Okay. Yep. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great tree of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent. In the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Okay. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant, very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seats of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran into the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. Verse eight says, he then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Okay. That's the end of verse eight. Okay. Notice here that he refers to them in singular, correct? Yes. He always he called them my lord. He didn't say my lords, correct? Yes. I noticed okay. that. All right. Now, jump to verse 16, and let's read from verse 16 to 22. Amen. 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 Okay. When verse 16... When yes, the to, men to got 22. Up, okay, when the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what about what I am about to do? Verse 18, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. How far did you say to go, 22? We're going to 22. Okay, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Verse 20 says, Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. 
is not, I will know. Verse 22, the men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Stop. That's the end of 22. Notice that the Lord stays there with Abraham, but the other two men leave, correct? Yes. Correct. Okay, now look at chapter 8, chapter 19, and let's read from verses 1 to 3. Okay, the two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your... Yes. Do you see the recording button now, everybody? Yes. Okay, good. All right. So, Abele asks, who's law? Well, the law of gravity is God's law. But he didn't put it there so you could die. He put it there so you don't float off from the, from the, from the earth and then disappear into outer space. Correct? Correct. Yeah. So, we're grateful for the law of gravity. Now, if I go <laughs> jump from mountaintop, and I die. Then I go to sue God and say, you're not supposed to be God. How do you create the world in which I jump from a mountain and then I die? You know, come on. How do you do things like this? No, the truth is, no. Gravity is there as a law from God for our good. So all the laws of God are good. Okay? And if you violate them, then the consequences of the law must take effect. Then you're dead. Yes. Okay? Yeah. All right. So, in the people in Sodom and Gomorrah had violated some moral or metaphysical or spiritual laws that required visitation from punishing angels. Mm -hmm. ne nevertheless, in spite of the fact that they had violated the law, God still came to Abraham to give Abraham a chance to save the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so the part um, Mama dear skipped, which we had her skip, was the part where Lot is, sorry, Abraham is haggling with God. What if there's 40 people? Will you destroy them? What if there's, okay, Mama dear is on completely now, I think. He bargained with God. Exactly. So now, what do you think Jesus Christ of Nazareth is doing on the right hand of God right now? Advocating. Exactly. But now, unlike Abraham, who was limited, and Abraham was like, man, there's got to be at least 10 good people in that city, right? Yes. Jesus has been here, and his own family have betrayed him. Right? Yes. So he doesn't... He, look, there's a place in the scriptures where it says they were praising Jesus and Jesus didn't give attention to them because he knew what was a man. Right? Yes. So Jesus doesn't count on anybody being good. He goes to God and he says, God, look, you know, don't give a belly what she deserves, please. And God says, but why? But why? He says, well, because of me. <laughs> and every time he says because of me, God has to listen. Why? 
Tell me why. Why do you think God has to listen to him? What? Gwendolyn said my blood. His he, blood. Because of his blood, God took his life when he never did anything. So God owes him one. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So I had to go through this whole thing because I want us to understand that when we're studying about angels, so we're seeing the coronavirus going around the world, right? Yes. And we know a basic principle that God is not in the business of taking people's lives. We already agreed on that. We yes. saw in the Bible so far where angels have to go out there and execute God's law because there's no Jesus to stand on behalf of the Old Testament people, correct? Yes. yes. But we have a Jesus to stand on our behalf. Yes. Now, you and I are afraid of the coronavirus. People in the world are afraid of the coronavirus. Yes. But how many people are sharing with the Christians and the people of the world that there are angels behind the effect of the coronavirus? Very few, probably. Exactly, because you sound like a lunatic if you start telling people that there are angelic forces behind this, and the reason they can carry this out is because we have violated some principle of God to the degree that something, blood must be shed. Yes. Okay? So what we're looking at today is we're looking at examples of what people did and how God responded, you know, you know, uh, it, uh, or through his agents, his angels, to those things. And that, that's what's going on today in the world. Okay, we were reading, um, okay, we, we were reading, Genesis 19, where Lot, where they had come to visit Lot, was that where we were? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, what verse were we at? Where verse, we just read verse 19, 1 to 2. Okay. Actually, we only just read one. Okay. I can see you now. I'm back. Uh -oh. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Like a bad penny. <laughs> okay, are you able to see my screen? The sense angels manifest the anger of God? Yes. Yes. Perfect. Okay, now... We're at the, where the two angels come to visit Lot. I think we were like in verse two or three or something like that before we stop. Okay, so maybe we want to start from verse one again just to make it whole. Amen. 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 And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, 
and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. But before they laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out, that we may know them. So, so you see that he said, they, those men said, Bring them out so we may know them, correct? Yes. We all know what to know them means, right? So I don't have to go into the details for that, right, Ebele? No, I, I don't actually. Okay. You know, you know when it said, when it's, yes, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn in the background says carnal knowledge. In other words, to know them means to have sex with them. All right. Okay. That's why it says, and Adam knew his wife Eve. And they gave birth to Cain, or they gave birth to Abel and Seth, etc. Okay? Okay. So, you can see here, the scriptures giving us at least one sin that was welcome in Sodom. These guys were not even hiding, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. they were not hiding, they were not ashamed or whatever. So now we see the destruction that comes upon them. Have you all heard, by the way, that NASA is actually right now following an asteroid that is coming the closest to Earth in almost 100 years? Oh my God. No. Has anybody heard that in the news? No. Okay. A different speed. Okay. Well, when we, hang, when we hang up, you know, when we finish, you can go look it up, okay? So they're, they're following this asteroid, and okay. now asteroids have always hit the Earth, but this one is like almost like a shom, whatever. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, but let's not digress too much. Now let's go back to scriptures. Let's look at, uh, I think it was Second Samuel chapter twenty-one. Verses 1 to 14. Running there. Okay. I'm using a paper Bible, so bear with me. Sure. <laughs> Is that chapter 14? Second Samuel, chapter 21. 21, okay. Yes, verse 1 to 14. Amen. Amen. I have it now. All right. Then there was a famine in the days of David, three years, year after year. And David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, It is for Saul and for his bloody house, because he slew the Gibeonites. And Stop. The Stop. Please. 
So the economy was in shambles for three years, correct? Yes. And at some point, the king said, wait, let's go and pray to God. Did he go and pray to God for God to change the economy and make the economy good to stop the famine? Did he do that? No. No. He went to find out what the problem was. Exactly. But everybody's trying to ask God to stop the coronavirus. Nobody wants to ask him, what's the problem? Oh. <laughs> okay. Imagine you go see a doctor, you tell a doctor, man, I don't know, I have upset stomach, a headache, this, this, for the last two weeks. And the doctor says, ah, oh, here you go, just take two Tylenol three times a day, you know. He hasn't even checked you. No blood test, no anything, no urine test, no nothing. And mm. that's how Christians are praying these days. Mm. We're all praying against the coronavirus, but we're not asking ourselves, well, why has God allowed this to hit us? Mm. Mm -hmm. So we can at least, if we can find out, you know, if we pray sincerely to God, maybe a little kid in Australia will have a dream when God appears and tells him, tell your parents this. Maybe God will appear to some old woman in India and say, tell your children that. By the time we've got it from three or four people, we're sure God is speaking to us and we know change. And we can go to the president, we can go to the leaders and we can tell them, if you do this, this plague will stop. Amen. Okay, that's what the Bible is there for. So the king inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, it's because of such and such, such and such. So sorry about the interruption. Please continue. Amen. 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 And the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them. What verse are you at, please? Verse 2. Thank you. And the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, Now the Gibeonites were not the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. Mm. And the children of Israel had sworn unto them, and Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. Stop. Does anybody remember who the Gibeonites are? Hmm. No, not... They weren't a part of they weren't a part of the tribes of Israel, so they were they were remnants of a pagan um, a pagan yes. nation around Israel. Yes, very good. Do you remember Joshua, the That's servant of Moses? Jericho. Jo yes, exactly. The guy who pulled the walls of Jericho down. Yep. When he came out and was conquering all those tribes, all those. Um, Surrounding tribes. Surrounding tribes. One small tribe called the Gibeonites saw they didn't stand a chance. And they mm -hmm. said, you know what? If all these big guys couldn't stand Israel, what chance do we have against Israel? Right. So they went and pretended they were from very far away and brought drinks and bread to the kings, to the chiefs of Israel and said, go into covenant with us that we will always be your partners. Mm -hmm only for them to find out later on that the Gibeonites were their neighbors. So because of that, the Israelites were no longer ever allowed to harm the Gibeonites. Does that make sense now? Oh, yeah. Yes. But guess what King Saul did, the king before David? He killed them all. He decided to kill them off because they were foreigners and he didn't want them in his land. Yes. 
if he had read his Bible, he would know what? <laughs> you can't touch them. They're untouchables. Okay? All right. Okay, now, sorry for interrupting again. I knew people they probably didn't know what that meant, what you just read. Go ahead. Verse 3. Yes. Wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? And wherewith shall I make the atonement that you may bless the inheritance of the Lord? And the Gibeonites said unto him, We will have no silver nor gold of Saul, nor of his house, neither for us shalt thou kill any man in Israel. And he said, What ye shall say, that I will that will I do for you. And they answered the king, the man that consumed us and that devised against us that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the coasts of Israel. Let the men of his sons be delivered unto us, and we will hang them unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. Mm -hmm. But the king took the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of, uh, of, uh, of Aiah, uh, whom she bare unto Saul, Armoni and Mephibosheth, and the five mm -hmm. sons of Michael, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzilla, Barzilla I, the Mehithalite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them in the hill before the Lord. And they fell all seven together mm. and were put to death in the days of harvest, mm. in the first days, in the beginning of barley harvest. Mm -hmm. And Rizpah, the daughter of Eliha took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beasts of the field by night. And it was told David what Rizpah, the daughter of Ahiah, the concubine of Saul, had done. And David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the men of to Beth-Gilead, which had stolen them from the street of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hanged them when the Philistines had slain Saul in Geboa. Mm -hmm. And he brought up from thence the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son, mm -hmm. and they gathered the bones of them that were hanged. Mm -hmm. And the bones of Saul and Jonathan his son buried they in the country of Benjamin and Zalah, in the sepulcher of Kish, his father, and they performed, performed all that the king commanded. And after that, God was entreated for the land. Okay, so after that, after those people were sacrificed, God's wrath was pacified. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. What that is called is called a culling. C-U-L-L-I-N-G. Okay. Now, there's something I want to say about this. When we started in the first half of our lecture this evening, we looked at King David 
counting the people and we were saying, who made him do it? Was it God or was it Satan? Remember? Yes. Well, that comes right after this. But there's something that Kay, you read that most people will never know this unless you're, you know, you, you, you study the scriptures, right? Yes. And that is that one of the women whose names was mentioned, whose children David gave was a woman called Michal. Do you all remember, has anybody ever heard of Michal? Who was she in the Bible? A former wife of David. Very good. But didn't the Bible say that Michal would always be barren? Well, kind of. She divorced David and got another husband. No, no, no. She was taken. Mm. Yes. The, okay. From David. Yeah. Before David became king, remember? Yes. Okay. But here we're being told that she had five sons. Mm. Guess what? Mm -hmm. She didn't have five sons of her own. Yeah, it says she brought them up for, Adri for Adriel, the son of Barazilla. Exactly. Because Adriel's wife had died. So these children that David offered were a threat to his throne. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you all remember Princess Diana, don't you? We do. Oh, yeah. Yes. Do you remember what the rumor was about her before she died? Yeah. What was it? And the threat of becoming uh, a bride of uh, a Muslim. She was like pregnant. And being the mother of the future king, she had to be his called. Half brother, the mother, the son of his mother, could in the future his descendants could lay a throw a claim to the crown. That's how crowns are moved. Mm. Okay. Now, the people who rule this world operate on these understandings. They know these things. Mm. Okay. God has made this thing available to you and I. And because God made the scriptures available to you and I, they couldn't stop us from seeing the word. They decided to send men and women to become the gatekeepers to the word. So they interpret the word to you and I in such a way that you and I cannot see the profundity of what God is saying in his word. It's watered down. They're kind of sedated. So you see here, not long after, the Bible says God moved against David. And yet it says Satan moved against David. But we never ask ourselves why. Okay. <laughs> you see that? You've got to go two chapters before, which is what Kay just read. To see what David just did. But he spared Mephisobeth, or whatever that name was, the son of, of Jonathan, remember? Yes. Jonathan. Are you with me? Yes, we're with you. Okay. 
Am I am I going a bit too deeper? Too deep? No. no. Did somebody say yep? I said no. Okay, good, good, good. All right. So now we come to our time. Mm -hmm. And coronavirus is killing people. Okay? Our sins are killing us. Now, why all of a sudden is this happening? Seems like seems like God's wrath had come up to a point that he had to go. Right. But guess what? The only reason you and I are talking about it as God's wrath is because it's affecting the wealthy nations of the world. Mm -hmm. Anybody remember Ebola? Yes. Yes. There was, there was no airlines being shut down and everything being shut down. Okay. So no. these things are not new. They're not, there's, there's nothing unique. It just happens to be affecting the wealthy nations of the world. And it seems to be affecting people mostly in their 50s and 60s, but it's sparing the children. Yeah, it's sparing the children, and it's um, 75, 75, over 70% of the people who have been killed are men over the age of 70. They're culling the old folks. The people who know better. Yes. Okay, but I don't want to. I don't want to ascribe, you know, too much to it. It's a disease. It's killing people. It's killing the young. It's killing the old. It's killing black, white, every kind of, you know, whatever that you have. Now, why don't we, five of us, agree that we're going to pray to God this week, and each of us is going to take one day to fast. So, if Mama dear fasts on Monday. To whatever you can, remember, to whatever you can, because you're on medication and this and that, you've got to, you know, do what, you know, what you can do. But that will be your day. Because okay. even if you fast for just five hours, that's equivalent to somebody who fasted the whole day who is in perfect health, correct? Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, so what we could do is if we take Monday through Friday, and each of us takes one day, and that's our day of fasting and our day of prayer concerning the coronavirus. Then, in the next few weeks, we should be able to get some response from God. We're not saying it's going to stop the coronavirus, but we want to find out from God. We want God to talk to us, you know, like David did, right? They said, what's going on? Amen. God didn't stop the virus. He told him, this is the problem. And so David says, look... Okay, let me go see the Gibeonites. Hey, Gibeonites, God just told me something wronged you all, and for that reason, it's punishing the whole country. So why don't we do that? Okay, why don't we, there's five of us, we go Monday through Friday, all right? And each of us takes one day, and that day we fast. And the, the, it's, it's, a, it's a fast where you can drink water, you know, drink water or a glass of juice, but that's just it. From six in the morning, Till six in the evening. So, so if if you if you're able to do till two, fine. If you're able to do till noon, fine. If you're able to do till three, fine. 
But whatever you choose today, a step in extra earnest circumstances where something really dangerous happens to your health, you have to stay with it. Don't forget, because the angels are going to be with you. Amen. 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 So Amen. who wants Monday? I'll take it. <laughs> okay, Mama dear has got Monday. All right. I already wrote it down. Okay. Now you don't tell us, don't tell anybody how many hours you're telling God in your mind you're gonna fast for. Okay. Okay. So you say to your mind, so you got to twelve, you got to three, and you got to six. All right? Okay. So that means you could drink water, you can drink a glass of juice. Water. But you can't eat any solid food until 12 noon. Or if you're someone else, until 3, or if you're someone else, until 6. Okay, so we know, you keep that to yourself. Never tell anybody what you decided with God on that day, but we, you're the sentry for that day. So who do we have for Tuesday? I'll take Wednesday. I thought everybody had logged out. Mama <laughs> dear, I thought it was just you and I left. <laughs> I'll take Thursday. I'll take Wednesday. Gwen okay, said who said Wednesday? Gwendolyn. Okay, Gwendolyn said Wednesday. I heard Thursday as well. Kay said Thursday. Okay. All right, so what's left is Tuesday and Friday. I would have preferred Friday, but if no one's taking Tuesday, I, I guess I'll have to take Tuesday. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I can take Tuesday. Okay. I can All take right. Tuesday. I'll, I'll take Friday then. Okay, sure. All right. So remember, don't tell anybody what time you chose, whether it's to 12, to 3, or to 6. But okay. don't just starve yourself. During that time, take some time out, maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour, and pray to God and ask him to help us concern this coronavirus. Hmm. Okay. What okay. could we ask for specifically? What would be the wording? I would ask. I would ask God, you know, to help us give us. I would ask Him to help us give us a cure, to you know, to, to a, cure. a cure, to help the people, the doctors, and all that, the scientists trying to you know solve the problem. And if it's if it's based on our attitude, our behavior, you know, to empower us, the Christians, to separate ourselves from it. Okay. Uh, because obviously it's killing Christians as well. You so understand? You why. We need to ask why. Yeah, I would, I would add, our thrust should be that God would reveal the cause of his okay. anger and uh, where, where um, why he is, not why, but uh, where he is um, lowering the, um, the um, sentence and uh, how can we avert it? How can we turn it around? Okay, okay. We also can, uh, in our prayers, to ask God to give us clarity of whether this is manufactured by what is to come that the powers of Satan have planned for us uh, to cover up uh, things yeah. where they have taken away from us. Mm -hmm. uh, and trying to put us in a category that that's I feel yes. those are the times that we are in now uh, if you dig just a little bit you will see people mighty wealth are moving their wealth to other countries and uh, because they see some things that are coming that 
the small people won't know about it till the day it hits. Yes. Now you see, every one of us has a different burden. And so I was I would suggest that you you hold you take your burden concerning this coronavirus in the way that God has put it in your heart to speak to him on your day. That's what I intend to do. Okay. Because that way I believe your 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 prayer will have more passion because it will be the burden that's in your heart. Yes. Okay. Does everybody yes. understand what I mean by that? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Any now's the time for questions and answers, and then we can pray and close. I don't have a question, but I do have a um, An answer. The, you know, the, you thought we were going too deep. Uh, I was glad that you did that because we need to be really reminded of just exactly what happened at those times that can repeat even today. Yes. With um, do we, do we, do we um, see that the outbreak was in China? And as Christians, do we look to blame them for that, for the outrageous um, items in their diet? Or is well, it a... a is it a, what you call it, retribution from God? Well, that's why we don't have any answers yet. We're going to pray this week. And then by, after our, our fasting and prayer, we'll have answers. Because we might end up finding out that it really didn't start in China. We might find out that some pesky Nigerians actually created it and took it to Wuhan. We never know. Only God knows. Okay? <laughs> so, Man so is very wicked. Anything okay. could be. Right. So we don't know. It could that be, be some people from Mongolia, you know, who took the it there. We don't know. Well, we ask the Lord to reveal it if He would. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. He's going to uncover and reveal. Oh. Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay. Any, any question? So, just to. Um, yeah, but you know when you talked about the angels and you, you said you were referring to the fallen angels, so not the not the good angel. Yes, yes. The fallen angels. So yes. so I take it then fallen angels are the same as demons. No, no, no. That was why we started off by saying demons are a separate category from fallen from angels. I use the term fallen angels, even though the scripture never mentions any angels as fallen angels. I just use that term to distinguish the angels who do the jobs you and I consider to be bad versus hmm. the jobs you and I consider to be good. They're all angels. Hmm. Okay? okay? Some do the bad job, you know, good cop, bad cop kind of thing. All right? Hmm. All right? Yeah. But all of them are under God, and none of them does anything without the say-so of God. So they're totally 100% under the control of God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's just to clarify that. So angels are angelic beings, they're spirit beings that are super, super powerful. Um, but demons are a totally different um, creature from um, angels. So demons lived, once lived on, on earth, and maybe people who passed away? Is that what it is? That what it is? Because I think some people usually... See well, well, 
Well, Jesus had compassion on the demons. Okay? Hmm. And we can't imagine Jesus having compassion on the Satan or another, quote, fallen angel. Right. Because they have no capacity of repentance, of feeling sorry. You can't mm. find the devil sit, sitting and saying, oh, I feel sorry that I destroyed that city. Mm. Okay? okay? Or how I wish I hadn't, you know, done this to, and given these people, you know, this disease, coronavirus. But you can find a demon who feels sorry that he's, he's where he is or did what he did to put himself where he is. Mm. You, do you understand what I mean? Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. Right. Is that it, everybody? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay? Don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay? Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube, okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, to our audio, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes. I read Apple iTunes. I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we won't be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button, okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay? In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road. But wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there. So the broadcast is still going to keep going. Okay? So thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.